Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers. This is a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 308, and hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, boom! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that is where we are. You know, we're not pastors. We are just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey as we're meeting the daily challenges, like at work and with our families, just like you. And that's why we are here. We're having a Christian discussion for men that you typically don't have anywhere. And unlike others, we aren't taking any church answers. So we're glad that you've joined us. You know, this podcast has been called Deliberately Provocative and Unexpectedly Funny. So we're so glad that you've checked us out. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and at NoChurchAnswers.com. So please rate our podcast and leave a review. And of course, it wouldn't be possible uh, without your support. So thanks so much. But hey, before we, uh, I jump in and introduce the panel, you know, here's some new news. The No Church Answers TV show is back on the air. Our half-hour program is now airing on KBPX-TV, that's Houston, channel 46.5, part of the new DuMont network, and that's Sundays both at 11 a.m. and at 11 p.m. Central Time, and will also be available uh, free on demand with the new Dude TV app for Roku and Amazon Fire streaming boxes, uh, boxes at new Dude TV nudu.tv and of course all our episodes can be found at the no church answers youtube channel tune in they are fun to watch and we had a great time doing them so um again this week we're going to change things up you know podcasts in which we set up a hypothetical situation that tests our christian values and are always popular and, you know, it's been a while since we've done so. And so we've de- decided to devote this whole entire podcast to the question of way of the Lord and, or way of the world. And with that, ha, I'm coming up for air. I'm going to take a quick breath. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce this panel. And they're awesome. And a little extra gold star for our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. You're going to understand why. He is a former world-class policy writer. He is, and soon to be world-class, gambler. And he is also the producer of the show, and it's excellent. Mr. Steve Ditch, welcome. Thank you for that invite. And uh, that's right. And he is a former prosecutor. He is an attorney, and so he's going to be judging us all. We call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. Hi, Mike. Hi, Steve. And back from his world tour that included exotic places like Iowa, he is a world-class trader, kind of a commercial teacher, 
uh, big into uh, talent development. We call him the professor. It's Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Uh, hey, Robert. Hard, He's right? a baby hard, of the bunch. It's hard, yeah, hard right. to say that mm-hmm. when the garden spot of where you travel is Dubuque, Iowa. You know? uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically the host. Uh, just basically... Uh, uh, retired and uh, looking for work and maybe buying a business. But other than that, nothing else is going on. And with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into the scenarios. Mr. Steve Titch. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is going to be a fun episode. Uh, We we haven't done these in a while. We usually do only one or two. So we decided to make up for lost time by doing three. Uh, And really, yeah, the theme is, the, the choice for a Christian, am I doing something that's the way of the Lord or the way of the world? And we've got some, some situations here that might be a no-brainer for a non-Christian, but if you're a Christian, you should at least be thinking about it. And that's, that's kind of the idea is, you know, what is the right one? And, 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 we, don't, and we don't know. This first scenario that I'm going to go with is actually, um, it's actually did, did happen to me. And it's pretty much unadulterated, and I've always wondered about it. So I'm going to throw it in front of the guys. The other two, uh, Mike contributed one. They're kind of they're kind of drawn from real life, but a little bit exaggerated, a little bit changed. So so uh, so nobody's bent out of shape. Yeah, Robert. So where where we get these from is Romans 12:2, and do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you way to build a test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And it, it's one of those, you measure everything you do in life by that. Okay. And we're gonna, has, yeah, has a right. teaser, <laughs> watch the Chosen's opening, and you'll see okay. fish swimming. So our host, please give me the, the verse for this new, for this first, for this first hypothetical scenario. Is there a higher standard for Christian obligation in the verses Matthew 5, 41? But Jesus said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Okay, so here's the, here's the issue. About a year ago, you decided to change dentists. Your new dentist is in a different insurance network. Fortunately, his insurance network accepted you with no waiting period because you agreed to allow them to access your records from the previous insurance company. Now, during a checkup, your new dentist finds that an older crown has broken and recommends replacing it before decay sets in. You agree to the treatment. All goes well, although a few days later, his office manager calls and asks if the crown they replaced was less than three years old. If it was done within the last three years, she says, the insurance company won't cover it. They wanted me to ask you. Now, at that moment, you honestly don't remember. You could go before the Lord, and he would know that. He'd look into your brain and know. However, as the office manager explains that without coverage... Your bill will increase to seven hundred. Bill increase by seven hundred dollars. It's a fifty percent deal. Uh, your eyes drift over to your file cabinet. Now you're a pack rat. You know the explanation of benefits from your old insurance company, which would document the date you got that original crown, is likely filed away in there. 
and it would take all but five minutes to find. The office manager says, Oh, if you can't remember, it's okay. Most people don't. I can tell the insurance company you don't know the date. Now, at this point, no one has been dishonest. So you say to the office manager, Sorry, I don't remember. Way of the Lord or way of the world? Michael Cropper. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's great. Did you read both scriptures that Stephen referred to? Well, what's the, you, can, you can read you, the second, let me, let me say the, the, the second the, one. The, the second one. Do you want to read it, Stephen? No, go ahead. Sure? Go okay. Ahead. Okay, folks, uh, the second set of scriptures deals with more online what I think this, this hypothetical is about, and that's simply Matthew 10, 16. I'm sending you out like sheep before wolves. Therefore, be it as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. And my comment to that is the insurance companies are the wolves, if you didn't catch that real quick, folks. <laughs> Big industry. Buddy, they knowing when, and, and, and plus, knowing when not to speak is a plus, even for Christians. And it may be the wise thing not to tell the office manager that you know, or, or that you could access the evidence mm-hmm. on the date that the crown was uh, was uh, put on. Now, now uh I, 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 again, here, there, there's several things. I'm going to go through several things, folks, uh, being an attorney. Uh, <laughs> I, should, should I look to see the date on which the crown was replaced? This is a, the simple question. That's what we're That's asking. It. Could I go that extra mile, even right. though it's going to cost me but, $700? But the extra mile had to do with Jesus' enemies, with the enemies of Jesus, and the insurance company happens to be in it. <laughs> Everybody knows they make trillions of dollars. And if not trillions, it's close. Believe me, folks. The insurance companies try to get out of paying you money. If you've ever been in an automobile accident, my last automobile accident, a person hit me, hit my car, and they didn't have a driver's license or insurance. Okay? So my insurance company wanted to put on used everything, used parts. They want to replace it that was replaced. They want to put on used parts. So they do everything they can to get out of of doing what 50 years ago would have been perfect replacements and everything. So anyway, let me, let me go on with this real quick so guys can get forward this. So uh, does the insurance policy require you or tell you that you do not have a cover, coverage on a crown if, in fact, it was replaced in less than three years ago? If it doesn't, somebody's making up a little extra thing on the side that's going to benefit the insurance companies if they don't already have enough money. But anyway, there was, uh, what, I, what I would tell, what I would tell first of all, the officer manager, I'd say, look, I'm, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to, well, I wouldn't tell her I don't know how to find it. <laughs> okay, I would tell her I don't know what it is, but you know what? There's an alternative to this question. You can call the other insurance company and ask them, or you can call my other dentist, and they'll tell you the date. And because if you look for that receipt, you may not find it. Steve's Steve's hypothetical here has the idea that he can go through his file cabinet and find it pretty easy. But you never know. Have you ever tried doing that before and not find the receipt? Paperwork that you look for and you spend hours and you go, why did I do that? Anyway, that's my immediate thought. And then what did Jesus say? Jesus says, if anybody sues you, for your tunic, give him your cloak also. And if anyone compels you to go one mile, go with him too. So you're here the situation where you go an extra mile is with an adversary. And the purpose of that is to show love. The insurance company, however, is not your enemy. 
they're they're worse than an enemy. <laughs> anyway, you're paying them for their service, and you pay them a monthly premium, whether or not they use your premium or not, folks. The general rule, the general rule for an insurance company is they're supposed to pay your claim, period. And uh, like I said before, there is a possibility that, in fact, you may have to pay the seven hundred dollars, but. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't go scraping looking for it unless they provide a benefit for you. Uh, anyway, uh, guys, who want to comment? I've got a lot more, but you, uh, you guys might want to say something. So, so I'm going to follow up with insurance is the only business in America that you can walk in, be told you're going to be paid $100 or whatever. You write a check, and then I've had it as far out as four months later, got a bill that said, oh, you owe us fifty more bucks. I agree. Because you. Yes. So I am. I'm. I. I tend to think when I think of this. I tend to think of it like Mike did. That this is, the carrier pack is to show love to your enemy. I'm not really showing love to a big corporation that has billions of dollars, and can easily afford to be, paying for your insurance. You know, seven hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. Really, yeah. really. I mean, I'm. 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 I'll be the first to admit. I. I. And I worked in insurance, by the way. <laughs> and, and and I am not a. I'm not a fan. I think on this one, it's like you know. Honestly, I really don't remember because that's not in in my mind. I don't remember is not a lie because I'm not. Re- I don't remember honestly. I can tell you what I ate for lunch last night or yesterday. You know. Do I remember what I no, and and it's because yeah. Do I have the records? Probably. Could I? You said you're a pack rat, so mm-hmm. I'm a pack rat too. I couldn't find an explanation of that. I may have them, mm-hmm. but they're. I am not OCD enough that I have them all filed oh, okay. easily. Yeah. I have them. Mm-hmm. They're shoved in a folder somewhere. Big words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's true. It's true. Yeah. So, Bill. Excellent, and uh, I think that. Well, Oh, yeah, the only comment I was going to say is uh, you got to think back that this was written, this was on a personal-to-personal basis, as opposed with uh, business as ethics is certainly different and uh, uh, the way a person is treated by a corporation and the way you respond to a corporation is totally different uh, than person-to-person, which I feel that this particular verse was written uh, but my second point, though, is this: in this particular scenario, is that you gave them access to the records of your previous dentist, so they certainly have the opportunity to do a little research and find out on their own. Um, they are digging because for warranty work, I worked in this kind of stuff work, and so they're they're trying to get a, a, you know additional work, and of course it's going to be a benefit to you. But that's a business ethic question, as opposed with a personal ethics question oh. myself so I don't, I don't have a problem with telling them you don't know because maybe you do or maybe you don't and i'll turn it over to steve uh, i'll just i'll just say i appreciate the input because it was very close to I, I kind of felt it was still a little bit of worldly thinking there but a couple of things one it is very asynchronous um if seven hundred dollars is a lot to me um it's you know it's it's probably more than a month's groceries it's twice a car payment it's it's a considerable amount of money to the insurance company. It's very little, and also my time is worth something. 
Mm-hmm. And right. I, as a, as and I'm in a business. I I bill clients. Um, I don't exp- I don't call up my clients and say, "Hey, I lost track of my hours. How much have I worked for you? Um, can you right. can you can you look and, and find out and then how tell me how much you owe me?" <laughs> um, and 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 so there's that, and there's also I think a difference between obligation and terms of service, especially these days. Yeah, the 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 thing may be in the fine print, but you're a contractor. You do work. You do a specified work for me. I have to pay you. Um, if you want to attach, um, we we will charge extra if we have to do a roof above thirty feet. It's your responsibility to determine that fi- is is more than thirty feet, and then say, tell you know, yeah. this is what we had to do. Um, you don't, you don't tell me, you don't call me up and say, Steve, go measure your roof because if it's more than 30 feet up, we're going to have to charge you more. You come over and, and I won't argue with you. It's in there, but I, it, that, those are a couple of issues I had. And, and the fact that it's, um, well, well, I appreciate the, 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 the feedback. This was excellent. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is no church answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers 308. This kind of stuff, we are doing hypotheticals of the Lord's way or the way of the world, these things convict me big time because it's splitting hairs. It's making a gray area even grayer for me. And anyway, we're going to jump right into number two hypothetical is a last will sacred. And of course, who better than an attorney, Michael Cropper, the judge, to lead us in Who's that the one. Verse, the verse. Oh, the verse. Yeah. You, I'm going to go ahead and... you want to read the verses? Yeah. I will. Uh, and it's Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord God is giving you. Uh, Steve did, did adulterate the facts on this one a little bit. I started out with a different set of facts, but... But still, he's made it very interesting. So we're all going to get comments. Uh, one of, and it's also one of uh, Steve's pet subjects, too, is incorporated in here. Uh, Bill says, honor your father and mother may live long in the land you're God. Is, is, is a will sacred if your parents write out a will on how the, the distribution of the, uh, of the assets are made? A friend from church named Jim, comes to, comes to you for your opinion. His father, a widower, has died, and they have begun executing his will. Jim's dad owned and managed a hardware store most, for most of his life, growing it into a strong business, and both brothers grew up working in the store. 
10 years ago, he sold the store to a major chain for several million dollars. And shortly thereafter, Dad's wife, or Jim's mother, died. Now, Dad did not really do much with his retirement money. He was always mad, Jim admits. And after Mom died, he only grew more bitter and angry. Now, Dad directed much of his bitterness and anger toward Jim's younger brother, Frank, something Jim never quite understood. But ever since Frank was a teenager, Dad seemed to have problems with him. True, Frank was a difficult, rebellious kid, but he still worked hard at his job in the family business and made it into a college. And made it into college, and he also built a successful, fulfilling career. Dad, nonetheless, never approved of his college or his career choice, and the tension grew stronger when Frank married a woman of a different ethnic background and a denominational background as well. Uh, so Dad was a man of this time. Jim uh, would say delicately explain the situation. Uh, five years ago at a holiday gathering, Dad, in another of his tirades, went off on Frank about his wife and the mixed ethnicity of his kids, and he said he was going to cut them out of his will. Well, Frank shouted back, you can take your money and put it where the sun don't shine. And ever since then, their relationship has been frosty. Uh, when, when the will was read, when Dad died, it was discovered that not only did Dad cut Frank out of the will, he also left the bulk of his money, several million dollars, in a trust to Jim's children, and specifically directed that no portion of his estate go to Frank or Frank's wife or children. Jim says he believes that his fam father's bitterness led to an unjust decision, and he doesn't feel right about accepting the entire trust and sharing nothing with his brother's family. At the same time, he wonders if, if it would be wrong to subvert his father's dying wish, no matter how he felt about it. So the Bible does say, honor your father. And after a pause, your friend makes an additional confession after that comment. He says, there is relief knowing, of course, that my kids will be taken care of and never hurt for money. But am I using the scripture to justify a selfish decision? So what would you tell him, folks? I'll let somebody else start it. So I'll, I'll kick this one off. Yeah. So my first comment is, I'm pretty sure the statement was not, you can stick your money where the sun don't shine. <laughs> um, I'm thinking there was a little bit um, more adult language used. Yeah. Um, honestly, dad can go pound sand in my mind on this one. And, and, and here, here's kind of my logic on this. And I was trying to look up the scripture because off the top of my head, they're in... Corinthians, I believe, one of the Corinthians, there is a passage about children where basically it's reiterating the commandment of honor your mother and your father. But there's a secondary part to that that most people don't realize, kind of like how we forget to read the other part about a husband, wives obey your husbands, and we forget the other part. <laughs> um, it, it's parents don't exasperate your children. And I'm sorry, but running down the wife your child has chosen um, would be, unless that person is a horrible person that beats your children, cheats on your son, and does all of that, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, Jim can do whatever he wants. Wills are not sacred. Now, legally, Mike, you may have to help me on this, I'm sure, because it's set up in a trust, there's going to be some funky legal maneuverings around it. 
But no, dad, dad can go pound sand in the grave or whatever. You know, it, it's, it, it literally is, this is one of those, I don't think you're using scripture. I think I can use scripture to justify doing it, you know, just as easily that, you know, you know, dad was just a bad guy. I mean, I I really unhappy. I, 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 unhappy. I, well, I struggle a lot of with this honor your father and your mother as I've watched my mom and my father in law grow old, and and I don't feel all these people that post all the time about I miss my mom, I miss my dad. I don't feel it because I miss my dad because my dad died seventy two seven no he's seventy five. And he was still young and still kind of himself. But honestly, my wife comments all the time, she doesn't miss her dad. Because the last five years of her dad were dad not knowing who she was, constantly rushing to, you know, to assisted living. I'm kind of in that boat with my mom. But then also in today's world, there are just a lot of bad parents out there who have been very bad, been very bad with their children and not really love their children the way they were called to and you know and then and then there are people in society that would try to use that to guilt you to well you have to do for your parent and you should love your mom and it's honor your mother and it's like and i'm like yeah okay it it, it reminds me of in, in my personal life i have friends of my mom's who basically gave me a hard time a lot of times and it was like you know one of one of their husbands talked to me and he said I told her she needs to back off because you're day to day. You know, mom's friend pops in once a month and has to deal with whatever. You know, it's a different situation. And I think this gets into that, that dad was just wrong from the beginning. And this was a wrong based out of a bad, this was a bad decision based out of a wrong from the beginning. So Jim just needs to get a good lawyer and figure out how to split the trust. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> I have heard so many stories about problems that happen when wills are read. And, and so you're struck home because I, I, I personally I was involved in a situation. Uh, my, my wife's uncle had something similar with, a, with a, someone, a perceived slight. Um, where both, both sides had issues with it, but especially when someone's older and isn't quite sure who's on the other end of the phone. There's a difference between honoring one's parents, one's father or mother, and, and in some cases obeying them, especially when you're an adult, or deferring to them. And Robert said it pretty pretty clearly, you know, a, a last will isn't really sacred. So to be to be clear with that, and it is an unjust situation. Uh, the, uh, the counterverse, Robert's counterverse was better. Don't, don't... Don't exasperate. Don't exasperate. And this, don't exasperate this definitely exasperates Jim... Uh, and even and Frank and Frank and and whether or not even Frank really is earnest about want not wanting it to give an estate of this size to one set of grandchildren and simply cut out the other when you know it's I mean Jim was nice when he said his father was a man of his time because that's a that's pretty much a a, a nice way of saying dad was a racist. So, so there was clearly that there were just basically sinful motives in some ways behind this. So, correcting it is not not wrong. Um, the the counterverse I had was anyone who has two shirts should share with one who has none. 
I think, and I think it's what's the, also your your original scenario just had the two brothers. I threw the the grandchildren in because they are essentially innocent victims. I I, I figured that, <laughs> and and I, I, and it I, makes it a little tougher for the dad. Yeah. Oh, I got this. I mean, Jim, I, I think Jim has to. Jim is being very Christian to make yeah, that decision because he doesn't absolutely. have to, and he's very it'd be very tempting not to. Um, but I guess he, you know, we're going to assume he loved his brother. So, yeah. uh, I apologize very quickly. Colossians three twenty one, and it uses an even better word. Uh, twenty and twenty one. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Verse twenty one, though, fathers, do not embitter your yes. children, yeah, or they will be discouraged. <laughs> so, Mike, sorry, okay. I did. Did you want me to go? I ahead wanted the actual scripture. Okay. So, okay, yeah, okay. Um, uh, folks, just like Steve said, I'm going to tell you. Uh, money in a, is a point of conflict when it's distributed unequally through mm-hmm. a will. Okay? It often causes bitterness and relationship problems between family members. Sometimes members never get through the hurt if they received a lesser amount than another heir or another brother or sister. A rift, a rift may remain between the family members forever. Anyway, with that said, let's examine the right thing to do. Uh, I had an uncle um, who was a dentist and he made quite a bit of money. And he, his oldest daughter made a lot of mistakes. She married three times. She didn't have a lot of money because she made some wrong decisions, right? And then, and then the youngest daughter married a guy who was another school, they were both school teachers. And the guy made great business decisions. In fact, he started a, a furniture company and did real well, okay? Um, and, and then near the end of his life, I, I was actually there, I heard my uncle say, he says, he says, yeah, I have to leave most of my money for my older daughter. Mm-hmm. She's made some wrong decisions. My younger daughter doesn't need the money. They have quite a bit of money. So once again, there you got a conflict there that I see going on, and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, when you make a decision to leave your inheritance for your children, do you divide it equally no matter what their value mm-hmm. is or what their worth is? And that's something you have to consider when you make a will. So I'm, I'm gonna. That's just that's just a point I want to throw out for you to consider, folks. Um, like Steve said, Jim is a great person. He has a lot of respect for his brother. He believes Frank was treated unfairly. Jim should tell Frank that he was surprised by Dad's decision to leave him and his children out of the will. Jim should then ask Frank how he felt about his dad's decision. And from there, Jim's decision will depend on Frank's response. If if felt Frank cheated or if Frank felt cheated or hurt, Jim should ask Frank if he Jim can help make it right. What you've referred mm-hmm. to, you automatically assume he would do that, which is good. It's more than likely it's going to happen. Now the solutions for Jim to consider to me, it may be that Jim cannot touch the trust, and Robert was mm-hmm. alluded to this. Yes. Whether or not there's legal, whether that trust is locked or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Jim cannot trust, touch the trust. He may not be the, the trustee that's in charge of it. Somebody else independent, like an attorney may be, and then you may not be able to touch that trust. So Jim must decide an alternative if the trust is locked. Frank could be wealthy, and he could not. He maybe doesn't want anything from Jim because he, uh, he loves Jim very much. He says, I don't need the money. Uh, this was Esau and Jacob when they met each other again. And then finally... Jim could set up a trust from his own savings account for Frank's kids. 
And I'm thinking that's the alternative. It may not be anything like Egon, mm-hmm. but he's trying to show good faith, which is what you're looking for, Steve, I think. And when we, when we looked at this, now what does the Bible say? Folks, I'm going <laughs> to remind you this. This is very interesting. Jesus steered clear of giving advice on family money issues. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Uh, Jesus was asked to command a brother to share his inheritance with his other brother. Luke 12, 14 through 16. Someone in the crown said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me as a judge or an arbiter between you? <laughs> and then, he, then he said to his disciples and everybody who was listening, he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So once again, he's reminding us, folks, money's good to have, but don't hoard it. Don't don't be greedy with it. Don't let it control your life. So um, that's that. Oh, uh, one, one additional thing, folks, that Jesus referred to. He reminds us that that. Jesus is very open about his opinion on focusing off money and he and sharing wealth with the needy. He says, by the way, uh, by pay your tithe to the Lord, assist the poor, the widow, and the orphan, and then trust the Lord for your daily provision. Comment, Bill? You know, my thought on this, I've seen so much of this on the farm where um, uh, an heir, a, a father, a grandfather, they try to dictate from the grave um <laughs> you know, terms of life. <clears throat> and the thing about it is, I think in Frank's case, initially, he has the real opportunity to vax himself, vaccinate himself with forgiveness and that way keep bitterness at bay. And like my grandpa had said many times, if you wake up in the morning and expect nothing, everything, every day will seem like Christmas. And at this and at this situation, and I have seen it before, where somebody is written out of the will. Honestly, the th- best thing that Frank could do is just go on with his life and not give it any other thought. And if anything comes from Jim or Jim's kids, fine. But obviously, it's time to be like Kwai Chang pack up the knapsack and off into the sunset. <laughs> Steve Titch. I, I can't follow that. <laughs> and anyway, hey, we want to make sure that you know that uh, <clears throat> you are invited to comment uh, to this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. if this resonates with you, be uh, go ahead. We have a Facebook page at No Church Answers. And we're going to go ahead and take our second break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, Director of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. 
please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back. We're doing hypothetical situations. We are talking about, uh, is this the Lord's way or the world's way? And with that, we're talking about this third one is entrepreneur or exploiter. And it's what, professor? Ah, yes. Your son is 18. You have been on his case of gaining a job, ideally wanting to pay for at least some of his college costs. But there are times you even admit it can be difficult to find a decent paying job. You were nagging him again when he said, Dad, I think I've got it taken care of. In his room, he shows you a stack of 10 large Lego Star Wars sets still packed in the box. Lego just continued these models, he said. In about a week, I will sell them on eBay where people will be paying twice as much as I did. Maybe more. A bit nonplussed, you ask, how do you know they will buy? Because they already have the answers. Turns out this will be a second round of purchases and sales. He proudly says he started with about $1,500 saving from cash gifts and graduation and various birthdays and has already turned that into almost $4,000. He wanted to see if it would work before telling you. Now he's using his profits to buy more products to stockpile for the upcoming holidays. You take a quick look on eBay and discover it's true. Models your son bought retail are now selling at least double. You are feeling a mix of pride in your son's savvy, yet uneasiness with the process. Do you think this is a little, well, wrong? Buying up stuff and charging people twice as much? Dad, from the time I was in high school, you have said saving and investing is important. How many times have you said the rule is buy low and sell high? And wealthy people don't work. They let their money work for them. Last year, you showed me our investments and how proud you were. You bought stocks like Google and Apple years ago because they are worth so much now. And last fall, when you only needed four tickets to the Baylor-Texas game, you bought eight and said by selling the extras a week before the game, you broke even on the whole deal. You were hesitant about the situation, yet you feel convicted by your son's re retort. In a way, he's just doing everything you taught him. You just wish he had been as conscientious about Sunday school lessons. You don't intervene, and by spring, your son has netted more than $12,000 to put toward college, much more than he would have flipping burgers at minimum wage. He is thinking of enrolling in business school. Way of the Lord or way of the world? Do you allow him to continue or insist he find other ways of earning money? Our verse on this was, uh, Matthew 25, 19 through 21. Uh, though now, after a long time, the master of these servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing talents, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much and enter into the joy of your master. Now, that is also, that verse has kind of been used to justify exactly the scenario uh, we talked about. But I, I'll say this, and I'm a good little um, free market guy. I, I think there's a difference between arbitrage and investment. And 
arbitrage is what this young man is doing. He's essentially buying consumer items low and indeed selling them high, but he's adding absolutely no value. Um, he's just taking advantage of the fact that some there are, are some people who just forget to go online and really want something desperate. Now, some of these things kind of are the material world. Now, my, my son was very much into to, to Legos, and, and I know this could get crazy for some. Uh, the same thing with football tickets. Uh, both the, both, both, the, you know, I, I don't think the Houston Baylor game is going, is, is a hot ticket this, this, this Houston year. Baylor game is not a hot <laughs> ticket right now. But, uh, but, but with, to contrast that kind of with buying Google or Apple, when you, when you're investing either in the stock market or you're loaning money to a business in aim, in hopes of a return, that, that money is going to employ people, that money is going to, to, to create okay. it's going to create value so there is there is a difference between that that's how i would come back at least well dad you you ventured in the stock market that those those investments grew over 30 20 30 years and they actually created value for society not just uh, a savvy uh understanding of the market but this is still part of the way of the world <laughs> so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna split hairs even more. If he was doing this with food, I would have huge problems with it. If he was doing it for heating oil, gasoline, anything, any of the necessities of life, you know, I, I, I would, I would have big problems with it on this one. What will the market? I'm a capitalist man. What will the market bear, <laughs> baby? Go back. It, it, the it's point you're it's Star Wars Lego models. You know, I'm sorry, but I'm a nerd. I love Star Wars, but you know, if you're willing to pay a thousand dollars for a Star Wars Lego model, the point, have fun. The point you're making, Robert. And yeah, you can keep going. The point Robert is making, folks, is who is being affected by this subject? Right, right, right. They're, you're aiming at the poor, there's poor not people in, who are affected by food and right. as you said gasoline and things. gasoline necessities of life. You know, I, I have a much harder time with a dentist charging me $1,000. My oldest, younger son had dental work done the other day, 1500 bucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, honestly, even at my income, that's like that's multiple hours of work, <laughs> like more than a week's worth yeah, of work. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, for what, a two-hour dental procedure? Really? I have more trouble with that than I do a Star Wars guy. <laughs> uh, on, honestly. Because that is, you know, it's just, it's what are you charging for what? You know, a Star Wars Lego model is not affecting anybody's life. You know, a person needing food, and that's a whole other conversation. Go ahead, Mike, Bill. Uh, So, do you allow him to continue or insist on finding ways of earning money? Mike's answer I would allow him to continue and ask him how to do it. <laughs> you need, I don't think he's going to hey, need any hey, more funding. I'm hoping he is enrolled at U of H there, in right? the Entrepreneur School. Yeah, yeah. Is my actual Folks, it's a here. known fact. You can purchase items on eBay mm-hmm. or Amazon and resell them. My son did it with two mm-hmm. iPhones. When they came out, he got notice mm-hmm. ahead of time. and He bought four iPhones. He only needed two, one for him mm-hmm. and his wife. And he sold the other two double the price mm-hmm. on them. That was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. So this son is very business savvy, and he's doing everything legit, as the guys have said. 
One may compare the sun's buying and selling to clothing stores or furniture stores. The stores buy clothing for $15 to $20 an item, and then they mark them up to $89 or more, $100 an item. If the items are in style, they will even sell them for higher prices. Shirts and blouses may be $125. People will pay it. They'll get whatever they can. And when the season ends, if after Christmas the item goes down, folks, you'll notice those prices will go down the stores. Stores will mark them down by 50% and, and sometimes 74%, and the store will not lose money. So this is entrepreneurship. This is capitalism as its best. So, though I am going to touch on what just Robert said. Who is being scammed here? Not the poor, not the widows, not the orphans. It's items, are you ripping somebody off by doubling the price? The answer is no. No, the items are luxury items. There's a name for it, Steve, and, I, and guys, I couldn't think of the name for it. But there is a term for the items that the people are purchasing. Whoever buys these items should be purchasing them with excess cash or plenty. Disposable income, I guess. Yeah. Disposable. Frivolous. Yes. Disposable income, frivolous expenses. They're pretty far down the list on Maslow. Mas yeah, you have yeah. to have the extra money to be able to buy them. <laughs> and they're not sustenance items, which Steve, uh, Robert mentioned clearly. Uh, they are luxury items. Question, is there deception in here? Is the sun deceiving anyone by, by selling the items above retail? The answer is no. No, the sun is not deceiving or lying about the items. He buys them, resells them. The people know what they are, and they want them even if they pay the higher price. He does not claim the items are special or unique uh, or antiques. The buyers are well-suited to buy the items. They are knowingly buying the items. And is his business scriptural? Uh, Steve's already referred to the scriptures. The servant with five mm -hmm. talents is a great example of what the kid is doing. And you notice the the master does not ask the servant how he acquired double the talents. He just says, he brought in five more mm -hmm. talents. The master says, hey, that's great. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask you how you did it. He just, <laughs> that's great. So uh, I, I made two similar purchases, folks. I want to tell you real quick uh, to the hypothetical provided. I recently purchased a home and paid about 20% more for it than it cost just one and a half years before I bought it. I also bought a car. I sold to my fiance $14,000. I had paid $23,000 for it new. I wanted the same car, but I couldn't get it new because it was no longer available. I had to buy a used one. Well, it's during the epidemic and the, uh, the, the uh, COVID-19 series, and I paid $26,800 for it, and I would paid $23,000 for the other one, brand new, and this was a used one. And then finally, for my truck, I had to install a speed sensor in it. Recently, I, I, I replaced one of the speed sensors in my Toyota Tacoma's front wheel. It was $153 at O'Reilly. It was $127 at AutoZone. And it was $37 at Rock Auto on the Internet. So here, I, I could buy those and turn around and resell those mm -hmm. and double and triple those prices. So again, the guys that emphasize this so much, this is capitalism. As long as you're honest and you're not deceiving anybody and lying about what you're saying, you're saying, this is what I'm offering you, the product, this is the price, and if somebody wants it, they'll buy it. What will the market bear? As long, like you said, Mike, as, as long as you're not deceptive about it or, you know, or lying about the product or, in, or you haven't opened the box and taken the parts out, mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. example, you know. As yeah. long as you're not doing any of that, then I'm like, I'm honestly, 
like I said, as long as this isn't a necessity of life thing, like food or anything. Yeah. But I, I, I go. Hey, you just paid for college, baby. That, I, I that's go, almost a year of tuition. That's true. I go. I go two. I go two ways on it because is is you can go back and 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 a some Christians may ask, well, is is capitalism the way of the world? Uh, now, now this is an easy one because yeah, it, these are consumer items, um, but. In a way, and I'm being devil's advocate here. In a way, he's creating a shortage uh, because he bought them. He bought them. And now, whether you know how much his ten or twenty are going to contribute to that, uh, I will also offset by saying, you know, there are going to be times soon enough you're going to buy stuff that doesn't sell. You, you could end up buying a line of Star Wars, Lego Star Wars that don't have any demand, and you're sitting with ten <laughs> bucks that you can't sell. <laughs> Uh, so it represents a loss. So, but but I guess I guess the, the gist of it being, you know, this whole idea of 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 everybody spending so much more, you know, and you know that we go through the latest thing we went through was Taylor Swift tickets going for for thousands a pop, and people, I guess, parents feel they have to buy them for their teenage girl, and and but that's yeah. that's an awful lot of money um sometimes people look at this and get envious oh gee he did absolutely nothing he didn't work for his uh, living he just bought stuff and sold it but you know who knows how i i can go back and forth on this all day long um so so uh, i'm 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 not i i have to agree with you in most cases i just think um and and i am i am a i am a market guy i'm saying if people are going to willing to buy pay it that's that's how you make a living, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've always had a problem with work for work's sake, and and I think that's a that's an American puritanical Protestant Christian tradition. I don't think it's I don't think there's anything in sinful about entrepreneurship. Um, it's what again, so many ways, what you do with it. Um, and in many ways, the way things are, you, you, I mean, even our church has investments. I mean, we'd be, we'd be foolish with, with, with the budget if we did not, I mean, obviously we don't do anything risky, but if we're, they're invested where their funds invested, they get a decent return, more and more decent with the way the Fed's going. <laughs> but, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm kicking it around here. Uh, as a um, as a contractor, I obviously have no problem whatsoever with this uh, with this young man's entrepreneurship. Uh, number one, uh, and number two, unless you have actually had a company, you understand that it's much more than sales. Things like uh, inventory control, warranty or product, uh, that kind of thing. You're not going to have multiple uh, sales to people. If you're not having some kind of value add, and I so I, in in respect to Steve Titch, who's brilliant, I totally disagree with his arbitrage uh, uh, statement. Um, and in in my the way I back it up is this: as a consumer, I'm totally different from my wife. My wife is a great shopper; she gets great deals. She shops quality, uh, and she does inventory. Me. I only buy when I need it. I will overpay if it is exactly where it is at when I exactly need it. 
I do not inventory stuff. I am not like that. So this young man is probably has his own niche customer defined. And it just reminded me, and I, I got to just, since we're talking about business, my dad was a farmer, but he was also a bit of a gambler, kind of like Steve in the fact that he hedged his crops. And he goes, the number one rule in business is not to make money. Number one is to not get sued. <laughs> number two is to make money. So, uh, and with that, I hope that uh, you have enjoyed the scenarios that we've shared. Going to go around the room one more time and uh, get some final thoughts and takeaways from the panel. Going to start with the judge, Michael Cropper. A takeaway from you. I, I was thinking of one scenario that we all, all there, in fact, there's two scenarios, but there's one scenario that we didn't touch on. And folks, uh, Robert had, had brought up the fact uh, we would not agree with the entrepreneur, the young man who's making money, if in fact it had to do with food. There's another situation in the Bible where we did not bring this up, but Jesus was very angry about it. And we just talked on it about four podcasts ago. And that's simply uh, another place where where the, the priests were taking advantage mm -hmm. of the people and the poor this is the poor people all the people that were coming to the synagogue in the old testament and they had to offer sacrifices to the lord in the temple and whether they were rich or poor they had to buy the animals offered at the synagogue in order to to be approved and have a worthy animal to be offered and that is another situation which is dishonesty where Somebody puts you in a situation where you cannot, you don't have a choice on whether or not you bring your own animal as a sacrifice to the Lord God. You have to buy one that's there. And the priests, they, they, they had salespeople doing the goats, the calves, and the, and the doves, and then the, the priests themselves were getting a cut of those sales. So the dishonesty there and deception there had to do with religion. That's when I really put my foot down, too. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, it makes you wonder, I'm sure, sometimes on some of the, uh, the ministers on, on, on Channel 14, you wonder uh, about their great amount of money that they get. I, one, one particular minister says, my ministry's worth $1 billion. I heard him say that. He was bragging about that. And you say, That's, pride is the worst sin. Pride cometh before destruction. And I think, Lord, how long will you put up with this? Because it's not his ministry. It's the Lord's ministry. Right? Uh, so anyway, uh, that's, it. that's it pretty much. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to talk about these hypotheticals. Excellent. Uh, professor, take away from you, please. You know, they, these are all somewhat splitting hairs, but I really think it, it, the final answer is it's hard to be a Christian. Because while it sounded like we made instant decisions, we had these ahead of time, so we read and able to kind of formulate our answers to them. And it's about exercising that faith muscle daily to where when you're confronted with these, you actually have the capability to sit down and think through, what is my answer? What, what, would, what should I do? Where do I weigh the, you know, do I, do I have to stop and think, okay, am I lying here? Am I being deceitful? Am I really gouging somebody on something they really need? You know, how am I going to treat, you know, my 
my brother's kids has a part of this. You know, there's there's lots of little pieces that come into these scenarios that when you're having that walk, it becomes easier to make those decisions. And so as guys and as men, one of the things we really need to do is get used to being able to do that, to have that one-on-one relationship with Christ and actually go and actually exercise that muscle daily because then the decisions become easier. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch? Yeah, I think that's the point. Uh, it, for a lot of people, these decisions, as I said earlier, were, are no-brainers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, keep the keep the inheritance or, uh, or yeah, keep the, keep the money. And, uh, yeah, you're not, you're uh, like, if, even if it bothers you, even after you make the decision, it bothers you if you made the right decision or not. That's, I think that's part of the process. Uh, and we should all be given some thought, especially when we think we can make a snap judgment about something um, and where, what, what our motives are. And we're always going to, to wonder because, you know, the Bible tells us everything we do is compromised in some way, uh, one or the one way or the other, and we try to we try to do the we try to try the path that we believe would be the one Jesus would choose. But Jesus doesn't live in a time of Star Wars Legos. I hope you uh, enjoyed the discussion that we had today and the scenarios that were uh, brought up. And if you really think about it this way. It's really pretty simple. Jesus lived a life with no baggage. And you think about these scenarios, no relationship, no money, no occupation. You offend nobody. When you start bringing in cutting hairs and weaseling ways to get money, to get a relationship, to get an occupation out of that, that's that's when you kind of bastardize it a little bit. So, and with that, thank you so much for tuning in. This is podcast number 308. On behalf of our sponsors and supporters and our producer, Steve Tisch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go your podcast. Please rate it. Leave a review, and if you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or nochurchanswers.com and post it there. And if you are unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org and starts Sunday at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church, why local? So you'll go and participate. And find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for small groups discussions like this and find one that is men only and if there isn't one start one and take no church answers you've been listening to no church answers the weekly christian podcast for men tell us what you think leave a comment or review want to know more about us then visit nochurchanswers.com and our facebook page Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content.